The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. What a weird, weird Sunday it was. Jared Goff threw for 517 yards, and he goes into Sunday Night Football as QB9 in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Joe Flacco threw three more touchdown passes than Patrick Mahomes. DeAndre Hopkins threw more interceptions than Matt Ryan. Leonard Fournette rushed for 225 yards, and he will not be a top-five running back in PPR this week. Those were just some of the crazy things that we saw in Week 4. Heath, wasn't it crazy out there? You didn't even have the weirdest thing. Jamie was here waiting for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I get the Heath and Jamie think I was late to the podcast. I was just trying to be extra prepared. Prepared. I it took me fifteen minutes to write out that intro, and it was worth it. You know, that took you fifteen minutes. No, it took me one. <laughs> Jamie, what's up? Uh, what's up? Crazy weird week. Crazy week, right? Weird a little week. weird. A little weird. Yeah. Very, very weird. Um, you know, hopefully you guys still won your majority of your fantasy leagues. But, um, you know, it's always a strange week when Patrick Mahomes does not score a touchdown. It's only happened uh, two other times in his 21 start. That he has not scored a touchdown? Yep. The, oh, this was the second time, excuse me. Oh, what was the first time? His first start ever, week 17 of the 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I knew he didn't throw for one against the Jaguars, but he ran for one. Uh, in that game, I think in week two of 2018. All right, so I think that we have to start the show with the mega duds because there were a lot of them. Here we go with the mega duds. I got a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, and a flex and a tight end. I call this the Floptimal lineup. It is so funny. Tom Brady is our Floptimal lineup quarterback. He scored four fantasy points. He had 150 yards and an interception at Buffalo. Uh, this is after 31, 28, and 24 fantasy points. Is this just a bad game, Heath, or is there anything to see here with Tom Brady? I think it's a couple of things. It's one, a bad game, and two, a fantastic opponent. The Buffalo Bills' pass defense is for real. Julian Edelman wasn't quite 100%. The offense wasn't working quite as well as it was supposed to. But Brady's still going to be a borderline number one quarterback rest of the season. All right. Jamie, let's look at the running backs. David Montgomery. Like, you I know, just want to thank I want to thank Keith for a second though okay. because during our our uh, FFT show today he's we had a rankings discrepancy with Kyler Murray and Tom Brady and I thought to myself after Heath said Kyler should be better than Brady I was like you know you're right and I didn't move Kyler ahead of Brady I just moved Brady behind Kyler so I dropped him down like four spots I think I had him 14th to begin with I think I dropped him to 18th and so I appreciate you uh, helping me with that uh, decision to sink Brady even further. Can I tell you something? I was a little surprised that you didn't sink Case Keenum, that all three of you, including you know you two and Dave, didn't sink Keenum, uh, Keenum with McLaurin out. Uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't recall. We 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 all sunk Case Keenum. What are you, you talking did? about? No, you did it. Yeah, we all did first. <laughs> we should have we should have sunk both the quarterbacks in that game. They were terrible. Well, all three. 
All three quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Both Redskins yeah. were definitely terrible. No, I was just surprised. Three bad quarterbacks. I was, okay, okay. Heath, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, all right, Jabe, I'll give you the running backs. David Montgomery. I don't know. Daniel Jones had 10 more fantasy points than, than Tom Brady did. So Montgomery, look, it's not like he was terrible. But he, you know, I'm looking at guys who were actually started in a number of leagues. He was started in 69% of leagues. 21 carries, 53 yards, and three catches for 14 yards against the Vikings. Marlon Mack, he did get hurt, but he had 11 carries for 39 yards, and uh, he played a lot of this game. And just, you know, he just struggled. So uh, he's not as good in losses, and they lost to the Raiders. Anything to say about Montgomery and Mack? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't put uh, Philip Lindsay on this list, too. He had a dud as well. Um, that's true. I actually see Heath. I did this segment before the end of the games so I could get the show started earlier. And that's why Philip Lindsay. So you made us, you made us wait for, you made us wait for not having complete information. Wow. I guess that's somewhat true, but, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well, they, they barely had the ball. Broncos had the ball for like 23 minutes or something. And Lindsay only had, I think nine carries. Um, sure. He could be our super flex Montgomery, Marlon Mack and Philip Lindsay struggled. I think with Mac, you know, the injury is clearly uh, uh, something you got to keep an eye on. But this, the, the fact that the Raiders went up early was a bad game script for him. You know, I know that they had the same thing in week one against the Chargers and they kept running the ball. But, you know, when they got behind, it was almost like, okay, now we'll sort of see if this is the same test for this Colts offense. Will they continue to lean on the run? Um, as long as he's healthy, you're going to go back to him and start him. And, and the matchup next week against the Chiefs, as we saw for on Johnson, you could run on the Chiefs, even though it'll be an arrowhead. It won't be as good for for Marlon Mack, but if he's healthy, you're still playing him. Where are you on David Montgomery right now? I like that he's getting to work. You know, I think the the best is still yet to come, so I, I'd put him in the buy-low category. Okay, yeah. I mean, 21 carries is great, and you couldn't you shouldn't expect it too much against Minnesota. Heath, uh, let's take a look at the wide receivers. This is where it gets fun. This is where it gets interesting. Odell Beckham, two catches, 20 yards on seven targets. And uh, read that he threw a punch. I didn't see that, but apparently he threw a punch. And DeAndre Hopkins, five catches, 41 yards on eight targets. So this is now his last three games, 16 catches, 148 yards, no touchdowns on 22 targets, a 23% target share for DeAndre Hopkins, who in three of his last four seasons, his three great seasons, he's been at 31% or higher target share. And in his last three games, it's 23%. Who are you more worried about, Beckham or Hopkins? I'm more worried about Hopkins relative to where I had him at the start of the year because I had Hopkins as the number one wide receiver, and I think I had Beckham at seven or eight. Uh, But I would still rather have Hopkins than Beckham. Listen, it does look like the influx of weapons in Houston and currently healthy weapons in Houston are cutting into the Andre Hopkins target share. I also think it might be a little bit underrated how good Carolina has been against the pass so far this year. Coming into week four, they were actually second in the NFL, allowing 5.3 yards per pass attempt. They were very good against the pass in this game as well. So it's been a little bit of a rough start for Hopkins. I still expect him to be very good. I still think Hopkins is going to be a number one wide receiver as well. I'm just or Beckham is going to be a number one wide receiver as well. I'm I'm just I'm not as worried about these guys as I am someone like maybe like the Minnesota wide receivers. So let let's look at uh, Hopkins from the standpoint of Mike Evans going into the Giants game struggling. Great matchup. What did he do? He blew up. Devontae Adams going into the Eagles game. Great matchup. He blew up. What does Hopkins have coming up this week? The Falcons. Falcons. Yep. By low, by low, by low. The big performance is coming. I, 
yeah, I'm just wondering if if you're concerned about the target share because he played four games last year with Fuller and QT. And in those four games, he had a 29% target share, which is not quite the 31 or more that he's had in the other seasons. But but again, 23% in his last three games. Kenny Stills did get hurt early in this one. Um, I don't know. I, they're, they're coming off a loss where they did not play well. I think this is going to be... You're going to hear Bill O'Brien. You're going to hear uh, Deshaun Watson. You're going to hear Hopkins. Mm-hmm. It, 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 this is the squeaky wheel game. It's coming. Okay. And it's not just Atlanta. It's Atlanta at Kansas City, at Indianapolis, and Oakland. Their next four games. It's pretty good. But this is, this is, the, uh, this is the, the window that if you can sort of find a way to, like, what I would try and do is I would flip Wayne Gallman and something to try and get DeAndre Hopkins. Would you flip Wayne Gallman and Chris Godwin to get DeAndre Hopkins? I don't know if I would do that if I need a running back. But if I don't need a running back, then yes, I would. Yeah, if he's my number three running back, I'm doing that. Is Hopkins still your number one receiver rest of season? He wasn't for me, but he was, oh. you know, close enough that you know he's he's right there. So yeah, I think again, the the best is yet to come for him. Okay, so Beckham then, two catches for twenty yards, and so how about this? I, I looked, I knew, you know, Beckham's always a slow starter, right? In the first four games of the season, over the last five years, including this year. Here are the receiving yard totals that Beckham has had in his first four games. That's been weeks one through four, four years, and weeks two through five, one of the years. 307, 303, 302, 331, and 308. He has been between 302 and 308 receiving yards in his first four games in four of the last five seasons. That's like a low 1,200-yard pace, and he's usually about a 1,400-yard pace. So Beckham is a slow starter, and he's on his normal pace right now. Uh, but he doesn't ha- oh, he does have the he, he had that one good game against the Jets and he had that long touchdown. Um but are you seeing anything more concerning there? And of course Jarvis Landry now dealing with a concussion and Landry had a huge game and Landry had been their red zone target leader. Beckham wasn't really getting involved there. Heath, like what do you think about Beckham? I know you kind of said it, but I want to expand I mean, a little bit. Beckham is one play away from looking like a serious bust, right? Yeah. Like that one long play against the Jets. I was pretty encouraged coming into this game because his target share had actually been relatively close to what it was in New York. I was feeling like he was probably going to be okay as soon as Baker was okay. But they won this game with really good defense and a great running game. And i kind of wondering if maybe that's actually the recipe for this Cleveland offense as opposed to just winging it all over the field. I still think Beckham's going to be a top 12 wide receiver, but in the second half of that top 12, not the top six. So okay. I would I would definitely put him in the buy low category. I mean, clearly there's going to be a lot of production coming. The only problem is is that you also have to worry about the injury risk because he's missed 16 games over the past two seasons prior to this. So if the slow start continues for another week and they have a, I would say a, a, a not a, a daunting matchup, but a difficult matchup against the 49ers based on what they've shown us so far through the first three games. They're on a buy in week four and they're coming off of a buy with playing at home in their building. So if he has another bad game and like, what do you have to give up to get Beckham? That's the concern. Uh, because as you see here, Seattle, he could probably have success against them at home. New England, tough matchup. Denver could be tough matchup. Buffalo, tough matchup. You know, so it's not the easiest of schedules coming ahead for him. I think that you should still try and get him, get him cheap, but I wouldn't overpay for Odell Beckham just based on his name. God, winner Beckham. If it's straight up, then I take Beckham. But if it's having to package something, again, it comes down to what your roster looks like. Okay. Uh, the flex on the 
flopped him a lineup. Mega dud team is Adam Thielen, who did have an almost touchdown in the fourth quarter. That was nice. But he had a dreadful game, another horrible game for Kirk Cousins. But another what was nice pi- about an almost touchdown? Uh, I guess that... <laughs> God, you're all over me lately. Jamie's never seen super bad, so he hates the McLovin nickname, and um, he's just been very mean You're right. I've... I've- I've never seen Superbad. I've never seen true. it. I've, I've, I've never seen that movie. What's that movie about? Can you please uh, spend 10 no, minutes to tell us? No, it's not. It's, it's just okay. very good. You should watch it. Um, so Thielen you. you have a horrible is, nickname. I've never seen the movie. He's, Thielen is um, mega dud for sure. He's our flex. Thielen is super bad. He is. Right. But Diggs had the good game, of course. So uh, I don't know. Where are you at on, on Thielen? I'm scared to death of any player in Minnesota other than Dalvin Cook. Okay, that's fair. And then they're going to run for 200 yards against the Giants next week. Just for fun, Delaney Walker. Oh, they're going to throw. They could throw for on the Giants. Jeez, Delaney Walker. Um, one catch for four yards on two targets at Atlanta. And yeah, he's he's looking like a touch, touchdown or bust kind of tight end. Is that fair? Well, I mean, no, he had seven for 60 last week. Yeah, he had he had seven for 64. I think he had 49 yards before the final drive of the game. Um. So he had 15 yards on the final drive. Yeah, but I think he had three catches. So, um, so you don't agree with that? He's not touchdown or bust, Delaney Walker. He's a top 12 tight end. I don't. I don't look. Next week's going to be tough for him playing the Bills, and I, I think if you have, you know, if maybe let's say he picked up Disley, I probably would start Disley over him, and maybe try and trade him. But like he said, it, it's hard to find enough tight ends that are better than Delaney Walker right now. Who started Marcus Mariota today, baby? I did. The QB leagues, probably. I did. One QB league because I have terrible quarterbacks. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was it was him or Josh Allen or Mitchell Trubisky. So. Good call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great call. Right. Got lucky. So anyway, if you want to go see Falcons, Marcus... Falcons are back to free space. They, they think they are. If you want to go see Marcus Mariota... If you want to go to a Falcons game, the best thing that you're going to get there are the concession prices. We know that. But if you want to go, you use SeatGeek, right? You download the SeatGeek app and football, baseball, what any sport, obviously, concerts, comedy, theater, use SeatGeek, make it your go-to app. I use it all the time. I've been on SeatGeek religiously looking for Yankees tickets, hoping that those prices come down a little bit. If I hadn't used SeatGeek before, I would sign up, I would use it, I would download the app, and I would use the promo code FFT, and I'd get 10 bucks off my first purchase. So do that. SeatGeek pulls in tickets from all over the place, millions of tickets in one place, and you get great prices because you're, you know, you're not searching all these sites trying to find good deals. You're just doing it one shop, one stop shop on SeatGeek, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. So listen, I, like I said, I use it all the time for every event. I have used it probably 20 times. Please start using SeatGeek. It's an amazing app. And use the promo code FFT for 10 bucks off your first purchase. Again, that's SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app. And use that promo code FFT, save 10 bucks, buy a couple hot dogs. The big news, Dwayne Haskins replaced Case Keenum in the second quarter. Now, I will say this, you guys had Keenum, you know, too high in retrospect, but he had probably two touchdowns that he overthrew, both to Trey Quinn. And that's what we were looking for. I mean, the Giants can't cover anyone, and the plays were there, and Keenum missed them. And that's that's more than anything probably why he was taken out of the game. It It was pathetic. Um, Josh Allen left with a concussion or he's in the concussion protocol and Matt Barkley replaced him and Mitchell Trubisky left with a shoulder injury and Chase Daniel replaced him. So better than Trubisky. 
I, it's hard to argue that. In two starts last year, he had 21 fantasy points at Detroit and 13 fantasy points at the Giants, but he did throw for 285 yards in that game at the Giants, and, and Daniel would be at Oakland next week. So who's the most exciting waiver-wire injury replacement quarterback here on Washington, Buffalo, and Chicago? Daniel. He's- of those three, Daniel for sure, but I'm pretty sure Gardner Minshew is still widely available. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a peek ahead to the waiver wire in a bit. Um, Haskins Tough against matchup, New England, though. by the way. Uh, let's see. T.J. Hawkinson left with a concussion. Jarvis Landry concussion. Marcus Mariota left with an ankle injury, but we expect him to be okay for Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, Gardner Minshew at Carolina. I mean, he just had a good game at Denver, and he's fun. But at Carolina, might be a tougher matchup. They have been terrific. He got beat up a little bit. He stayed in the game, but it was on the final possession. Just something to keep an eye on. Uh, Marlon Mack left with an ankle injury. He's at Kansas City on Sunday night. Do we know anything about Mack right now? No. Okay. And Kenny Stills, hamstring injury in the first half. And the Texans get Atlanta in a get-right game. Okay, early look at the waiver wire. So who are some of the, uh, the hot names that we're going to be talking about on Tuesday? I mean, mm-hmm. A.J. Brown is probably going to be in that conversation. It was now is, two or four games where he's played well. Is Ronald Jones at 65%? I think he's too 62. high in ownership. He's at 65? I thought he was at 62. He's 65, right? right? Oh, okay. It's, right, right it's probably some of the like, leagues where you can do ad drops without waiting for anything. So, yeah, he'll be he'll be somebody that you look at as a, as an ad. We'll talk about him for sure. Um yeah. I think both, uh, depending on the, the size of your league, uh, Marcos Valdez-Scanling and Geronimo Allison, if in fact Devontae Adams is out for an extended period of time. Um, you know, the. It, I don't know if there's a Colts receiver that came out of this with a indication that you could trust them. Maybe Chester Rogers. Yeah, uh, you know, Cole, Cole Beasley has been pretty good in PPR. Are people going to be adding A.J. Brown and Corey Davis? I don't think I not for Buffalo. I mean, I don't think you can, right? People will be adding them, but I mean, it's just a matter of you know to what extent. I certainly think people will add Corey Davis before AJ Brown because Brown had a big game in Week One and disappeared. Mario had a really good game. He 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 was good, and he's running for at least twenty yards every game. Uh, but again, it's we Buffalo. had a uh, we had a fun prop bet um, with Todd Furman from Sportsline, and the the rushing number over under was twenty one and a half yards. And he just hit the over, and that's what Todd said to bet. <laughs> well, he hit 22, right? Mm-hmm. That's awesome, Mariota. Uh, guys, Cortland Sutton is 70% owned. I know he's not widely available, but he's having a pretty good year. He had one terrible game, and it was against the, the Bears. Other than that, Sutton's been very good. Uh, is he great a, today. a must-own? Yeah, six catches, 62 yards, two touchdowns on nine targets. Is Sutton a must-own? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, and then you want to know who I have for the early waiver wire? How about Joey Sly, Carolina rookie kicker? He's really good. He's got a big leg, and he's 55%. Yeah, it's now uh, three or four games where he's been very good for for fantasy. Um, Golden Tate still, you know, just with the uh, return from suspension. Not an easy matchup against Minnesota, but, you know, he should be involved, and uh, hopefully Daniel Jones plays a little bit better moving forward. Uh, Edo Smith is still worth picking up, you know, just to see what happens. He did score a touchdown, but otherwise he was miserable. Devontae Freeman was great in the passing game, so that's starting to pick up for him, which is nice to see. Uh, 
we're going to have one of those weird situations where we have to decide whether to add Jordan Wilkins or not based on limited information about Marlon Mack's ankle. Mm-hmm. Now, at, at what you should probably now? pick him up. I mean, you know, Heath, you talked about this a lot in the offseason that the reason I think uh, I think it was you were hesitant about Marlon Mack was the injury track record. So right. with the way this offensive line is, I think it's an absolute must to pick up Jordan Wilkins. So we'll transition now to winners and losers. I'm actually going to give my winner first because it really segues right into right from the waiver wire, and it's Ronald Jones, who had a nice game and scored a touchdown. Peyton Barber scored the early touchdown. Jones, his yards per carry wasn't great, but it was better than Barber's. 19 carries, 70 yards, and a touchdown. One catch for 12 yards. Neither of these guys does much in the passing game, which is a little bit disappointing. But do you think it's happening? Because, you know, you go into this game and you're hoping... They're going to pick up right where they left off, where Jones had the better game last week against the Giants, and Peyton Barber starts the game with a touchdown on their opening drive, but it ends up being more of a Jones game. Do you think it's happening, and do you think Ronald Jones is, is someone that's going to be reliable going forward? I think it's happened already. I, I, don't, I don't think that Peyton Barber is going to outplay Ronald Jones. He may outsnap Ronald Jones, so if that matters to you, then I, I, I can certainly understand the, the fear, but this is... Now, back-to-back games where they were playing with a lead and Ronald Jones was the one at the end of the game getting those opportunities. Didn't work out against the Giants. Worked out better against the the Rams here. But the game where Peyton Barber had the big performance, Ronald Jones had a, a little bit of an ankle injury and wasn't able to finish on the Thursday night game against Carolina. So, or it was a little bit gimpy. I don't know if he, if he came back in, but he wasn't 100%. So the the things that you were hearing in the offseason are, are starting to come to fruition a little bit about how much Bruce Arians likes him and you know, the, the production seemingly following as a result. I don't think they like him in pass protection, so those situations are not going to be in his favor. But if this Tampa Bay offense, which, you know, I'll go back to the conversation I had with Carson Palmer where he said, give it a couple weeks and they're going to start to click, and it's now two weeks in a row. Last week you kind of expected it against the Giants. This was a huge surprise. And, you know, you look at Tampa Bay, they could easily be 3-1. and one. If they make the field goal against the Giants, they're a much different team overall in how you view them. And so I, I think from Tampa's offensive perspective, this is encouraging, and Ronald Jones would be the one that you should absolutely look to pick up. I, I made a poor choice in one of my leagues where I have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and Ronald Jones with the two running backs I was looking at, and I picked up Jamal Williams instead. I regret that now. I think that's reasonable, though, to have done it at the time. It just didn't seem like one of these guys was going to be able to run away with it. Um, Heath, why don't we start with your winners, and we'll stay in that Bucks game. Chris Godwin, 12, ca- 12 catches, 172 yards and two touchdowns on 14 targets at the Rams. He was better than Evans. Evans did catch a, a long touchdown, which was great. But Godwin, yeah, I mean, continuing a really, really good start to the season. You know, there was this thing from Bruce Arians about how Godwin was going to catch 100 passes, and we all kind of giggled. And, like, you can't catch 100 passes as a number two offense, number two wide receiver in an offense. And this is now three out of four weeks where Chris Godwin has not been the number two wide receiver in the offense. He's out-targeted Mike Evans in Three out of four games. Of course, Evans had that monster game against the Giants. This was a nice bounce back. I actually downgraded Godwin just a little bit because it's the worst possible thing when you have that questionable tag. And yes, we all expected him to play, but he was also in a late game. So you kind of had to start the 1 p.m. guys over him just in case. And he was an absolute monster in this game. Jameis Winston's favorite target and kind of looks like he's not the 1B to Evans 1A. He's the 1A. Would you take him rest of season over Evans? I'd have to. Okay. Yeah. Jamie, Evans or Godwin? You have to take Godwin at this point. You know, I mean, it, it, the nice thing is, is take both. 
<laughs> you know, because you see what, what Evans can do. Um, it was a bust by Marcus Peters. I don't know what he was doing on that touchdown that he allowed to Evans because they really had Evans bottled up for the most part in this game. And then the 67-yard catch for the touchdown because otherwise it's uh, three for 22. That's not a pretty stat line for Evans. So they did a good job against him overall. But that just shows you the potential of this these two guys in this offense and what they're capable of doing. But yeah, Godwin is... Uh, he's the easy target. He lines up in the slot, so it's the easy throw for Winston. Bruce Arians is trying to make those throws easier for Jameis as much as he possibly can. So, uh, you know, we, we've, we've been hyping Godwin for two years. And, you know, this is the, the, the people who stuck with him, the ones who bought into it this year with the, with the coaching change and everything that, that Bruce Arians was saying, as Heath alluded to. Uh, you're reaping the benefits of it. He's just been awesome. It's making me, it's making me rethink, like, what, what you were saying about, uh, you know, Godwin for Beckham. Oh, you're already rethinking it? <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, you're looking at it from from what this offense could be. And, and and right now, Godwin has been better. And again, the injury concern that could still be there for, for Beckham just based on his track record. You know, Godwin may have the better better ceiling at this point. Okay. Uh, Heath, your other winner is Robert Woods from the same game. And Goff with a, with a huge game, more than 500 passing yards. And Woods, uh, I think he led the team in receiving it. Yeah, he did 164 yards on 13 catches, 15 targets. Still no touchdowns, though. Yeah, 15 targets sounds really, really good. It doesn't sound quite as good when you throw the ball 68 times, but it's still a good number. It was a nice bounce back effort from Woods, and it kind of just goes back to the thing I was talking about throughout this week. Cooper Cup was not taking away from Robert Woods. He was taking away from Todd Gurley. Cup came back to earth just a little bit in this game. Woods was fantastic, and early in the game, it was all Woods and almost no Cup at all. I still expect all three of these Rams wide receivers are going to be top 20 options for the most part, on a week-to-week basis. Okay, well, Cup did have 121 yards and a touchdown. No, but but, but what I was saying, early in the game, yeah, Cup had n- nothing. Right. Uh, he also had 15 targets. He, he only had like a fifth of Jared Goff's passing yards. Uh, all right, let's go to Jamie's winners here. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay was the guy that I kept going back and forth, Galladay or Godwin, Galladay or Godwin. And I think I, I settled on Galladay. Um and I have him in a couple of weeks. Look, I'm happy. I'm happy. And he had a nice game. He should have had three touchdowns. Jamie only had two. He did have, he, he did have three touchdowns. It was, yeah. a, it was a terrible reversal. Um, but yeah, he finished with the two touchdowns. You know, I, I think, I know Dave was a little concerned about like his target share and how he's been, you know, his catch rate and all those things. You know, I, I'll always lean on a guy that's getting the high volume of targets and in an offense that I don't think is going to go away from him. I didn't expect them to go away from him in a game where I thought they'd be chasing points. It was a much more competitive game from the line standpoint all the way throughout. And, uh, you know, look, he's, he's been good now. Uh, he's been, he's been great in one game. Uh, if you want to count this as great, just because it's such sounds, I get that. But in terms of his overall performance, I think great in one game, this was very, very good, good in another and disappointing in one. And so as long as Danny Amendola is going to, going to be out with this injury, we don't know how long that, that may be, but, uh, between Galladay Jones and, and, and also TJ Hawkinson left the game, you know, with a concussion. So we'll see how long that's going to be out. I, I think this is the go-to guy in this passing attack. Adam, you talked about him having a breakout season. He looks like he's on his way to being better than he was last year and as a third-year breakout in 2019. All right, does it, just real quick answer here. Does it bother you with Galladay that he still has Minnesota twice, Chicago once, Dallas once, Denver in Week 16, and being the number one guy getting that attention, does it bother you? I mean, it, it, it's a concern, but you know, it, it's still one of those things where, like, look at Mike Evans today. Bottled up, bottled up against a good secondary and then one big play, you know, so I'm not going to necessarily panic about it. it you know, if, if somebody wants to offer me something of, of similar value for, for Kenny Galladay, then I'll consider it. But I think for the other games that you're talking about, you know, 
still a matchup. And the Green Bay matchup's not easy either. So, yeah. You know, the, the matchup against the Giants is going to be great. Oakland's going to be great. You know, Dallas, we'll see. They're, they're a good secondary. Washington's going to be great. So there's still a lot to like about that schedule moving forward, too. All right, cool. And uh, would you rather have Kenny Galladay or Robert Woods? Woods? Woods and PPR, Galladay none. All right, your next winner is Wayne Gallman. Great game from him. 18 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. Six catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown against the Redskins. So uh, over 100 total yards and two scores question though is this the last time you're going to feel comfortable starting Wayne Gallman Minnesota at New England Arizona at Detroit Dallas at the Jets we don't know when Barkley comes back but is this the last time you feel like you're going to be comfortable starting him he's talking about you know trying to beat the timetable of four to eight weeks uh Jason Lockenfora said on on CBS Sports HQ today six weeks is about the timetable that he thinks is what he's hearing from from Barkley's camp um sell high absolutely sell high you know this was the game that we were hoping for you know if you would have told me uh, 18 for 63 and one, I would have signed up for it. If you were to say 18 for 63 and six for 55, no touchdowns, I would have signed up for it. You know, we talked about this on Tuesday. We had the conversation about how much bid points that you, you should spend for him. And, you know, is he worth the waiver ad? If he bought you a win this week, then he's worth it. And then if you could flip him for something, he's even more worth it. So I would try and trade him now. His value will never be higher. And, you know, you, you got what you needed. You got what you hopefully, uh, you know, were, were expecting and then some. So this was the uh, this was the game of Wayne Gallman's life, most likely. I, I agree with most of that. I do think you should sell him. I don't believe this will be the last time you feel comfortable starting him. I'm probably going to rank him as a top 15 option when they play Arizona. But even against New England, like Frank Gore just ran for 100 yards against them. And I think if you combined what David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen did, it was probably a top 25 day against the Vikings. So the great thing about Wayne Gallman is not his talent or his ability, or his efficiency, or anything like that. It's the fact that he's going to get all of these touches. Yeah. And so I'm still I'm still going to start him as a flex or a low-end number two running back over the next few weeks. And you're welcome, Heath, for me, you know, putting in that bid and picking him up in our, in our, you know, we, shared We got game. destroyed, oh. and we've got like $4 left. Uh, no. We're one and three with $4 well, left, we'd be... and you've managed this team, and you're proud of yourself. Excuse me, you did almost the entire draft. So do not put that evil on me, Heath Cummings. By the way, what you should be doing instead of bickering with your co-managers is getting Honey. It is a free browser extension that will just save you money. It's amazing. You go shopping. First, okay, here's how you here's how you download it. First of all, you go to joinhoney.com/fft. joinhoney.com/fft. Two clicks and Honey is installed on your computer. Then you go shopping online and Honey searches for coupon codes and other discounts and just notifies you for them. It applies them automatically and saves you money. So I've used it on Amazon. I use it all the time on Chewy uh, for pet food. Uh, I used it on, on CBSSports.com in our store. We, we sell merchandise for teams, you know. So it's it's all over the place. You just start, go shopping online and Chewy's going to save you money and it's all free. It's it's really terrific. Go to join, or I'm sorry, Honey is going to save you money. Go to joinhoney.com slash FFT. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. Already over 10 million people are saving with Honey, and it has over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. So no reason not to use it. Download it. It's free. It installs on your computer in two clicks. It'll save you money, and you can treat yourself to something nice. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. It's free. Joinhoney.com slash FFT. Time for the losers now from Fantasy Week 4. Heath, you've got McCole Hardman and Calvin Ridley, two wide receivers who had five and six targets respectively. Uh, Hardman had two catches for nine yards, and he fumbled. Calvin Ridley had three for 32 against Tennessee. 
Yeah, this is back-to-back weeks for Calvin Ridley with disappointing performances, and it's just a good reminder that they have so many weapons there in Atlanta, kind of like in Kansas City. Muhammad Sanu had a great game today. Austin Hooper had a great game today. Calvin Ridley had a down game, and it wasn't even a Julio Jones week. That's not to say that I don't want to have Calvin Ridley on my team, and I don't want to start him as a number three wide receiver, but he does not look like he's taken the next step to getting seven or eight targets. This is probably what you need for most receivers to be a number two guy that you're just starting every week without question. And I just think it was a good reminder for Hardman as Tyreek Hill gets closer to coming back that he's really more of a flex option that you're hoping scores the long touchdown. He's not going to be worth starting if he doesn't. That was such a good game. <laughs> Chiefs-Lions was such a It was a, a maddening game. game. If I was a Lions fan, I would be irate that they lost. And it was a frustrating game for Chiefs fans to watch. Like, it was entertaining and compelling from the fact that it stayed close. But the carry-on Johnson fumble at the goal line and 100-yard return. Like, that was, it was amazing. Very, very frustrating. That from was a so cool. Perspective, from a fantasy perspective, it was a very frustrating game. The dropped touchdowns, it, it was it was rough. That that sequence where Galladay had the touchdown overturned, followed by Matthew Stafford oh. fumbling. Yes. You know, Eight points. So, swing. so frustrating. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Uh, Jamie's losers are Tom Brady and DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if there's anything you want to add there, Jamie. We talked about them. No. Okay. Well, then I got one more winner for you. It's our Facebook winner. Congratulations to Brandon from Victorville, California. Uh, you have won the contest. We had some really good answers about who people hold a grudge against, and we just got these like deeply personal fantasy football stories about being up by a few points, and then you know, um, like the the, the runner up was probably Jamison Crowder, who didn't do anything for an entire Monday Night Football game, and then he had like one catch on the final drive, and he fumbled, and he cost somebody a a, a game. But the winner is Brandon. Brandon said to Sean Jackson. Dropping the ball in before the end zone will haunt me for the rest of my days. I will never draft him. So that's who Brandon holds a grudge against. And I can imagine losing a game because of Deshaun Jackson showboating and not scoring a touchdown would piss me off quite a bit, and I would hold a grudge as well. Thank you all for participating. Our Facebook group is awesome. We have Q&As where we answer your questions, where all of the listeners in the Fantasy Football Today community answer your questions. So just sign up. We're over 10,000 people. We want to get to 20,000. Look at it on uh, on Facebook. It's just called Fantasy Football Today. And make sure you're watching CBS Sports HQ. Download the HQ app 24-7 sports streaming. News and notes, Sam Darnold not a lock for next week, according to Chris Mortensen, which just further shows you that Heath did not have mono when he came back in two weeks. Tyreek Hill could return in two weeks, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, Oakland linebacker Vontez Perfect had a dirty hit. What? And he got ejected in the second quarter. They faced Let's not let him play football anymore. That should have been like three years ago. You know, it's ridiculous. You should not make proclamations about medicine anymore. (laughs) As all the doctors in our emails have uh, said that you are clearly wrong and don't understand the difference between going back to high school and going back to playing in the NFL. You probably got into a lot of fights in high school, and you're, you didn't. Need, if you had an enlarged spleen, I, I would have been nervous I, for you. Heath. You understand? Like this will surprise you probably, but I have never been punched in the face. Wow. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. It surprises me. Uh, I've never been punched in the. Uh, no, my friend Travis punched me in the face in fourth grade. I remember that very. That well. That wasn't your friend, Adam. That was a bully. <laughs> he wasn't. You, he was you my weren't friend. giving him your lunch money because you were nice. He was taking it. Uh, Giants lost uh, two linebackers today, already down two linebackers. Uh, 
So we'll keep an eye on that for, for Dalvin. I'm going to start Dalvin Cook next week. Oakland lost an offensive lineman who was already filling in for Gabe Jackson. Atlanta lost two offensive linemen, Jamon Brown, their guard, and center Alex Mack, but Alex Mack did come back in. Detroit was playing shorthanded in the secondary, and Quandre Diggs, their safety, left in the second half. Uh, two Chargers injuries to keep an eye on. Melvin Ingram, hamstring first half. Uh, and Denzel Perryman left late in the game, but not serious, according to Anthony Lynn. Evans left but came back. Chicago played without Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks. And if they're out next week, it would certainly help Josh Jacobs. Denver linebacker Bradley Chubb left in the third quarter. I'm not sure if he came back. And same with Marcus Peters, who had a pick six and then got took a big hit. Okay, let's take a look at the top five at each position, and then we're going to get into the games with the Believe It or Not from Heath. But uh, top five quarterbacks, Jameis Winston. Let me refresh, make sure I have the accurate info here. All right, so first of all, I thought Aaron Rodgers was over 30 points, but he's down to 28. It's possible that I that it, there's a correction. or yeah, I was, a fumble. And, okay, so stack, so okay, he's down to 28. So that means right now, going into Sunday night, we have one quarterback with more than 30 fantasy with 30 or more fantasy points in 6 point per passing touchdown leagues we've had at least 4 in each of the first 3 weeks but right now here are your leaders Jameis Jackson Mariota Stafford Rodgers and Joe Flacco he's tied with Stafford and Rodgers a three-way tie for fourth place Jamie your reaction Jameis Winston Jackson Mariota Stafford Rodgers Flacco I mean obviously Mariota is the biggest surprise but I, I think Winston's right up there with him. You know, just the fact that he did what he did against the Rams. And if this is the the type of quarterback play we're going to get, then you're going to be thrilled about holding on to him or, you know, still trusting him. I made the uh, egregious error of picking up in the dynasty league that we share, Adam, picking up Case Keenum and starting him over Winston. And that's probably going to cost us a victory. Oh, you, um, you didn't consult we're, me. We're brothers. In our FFT league, I started Case Keenum over Jameis Winston as well. Yeah, just a frustrating experience all the way around. So, you know, look, Jameis is, uh, you know, after the the awful week one, made some strides in week two against the Panthers, and then the last two weeks have just been blow-up performances. So there's there's a lot to like about Jameis moving forward. Mariota was just the, uh, the abnormality today. Is Stafford droppable because he has a bye. I know it's crazy c- coming off of, you know, a great yes. game. Yeah, bye yeah. at Green Bay, then Minnesota. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You know, unless your quarterback situation is just completely horrible, but for the most part, yes. All right. Uh, so we go to the running backs here. Nick Chubb, huge game. 20 carries, 165 yards, three touchdowns, three catches for 18 yards. He's number one. Jordan Howard's number two. Leonard Fournette's third in non-PPR. I think he's sixth in PPR. So it's Fournette, Eckler. What a monster. Yeah, man. He ran hard. He ran angry. Um, Eckler, McCaffrey, and Gallman will round out your top six. And then what an interesting game for Todd Gurley. Five carries, 16 yards, two touchdowns, plus seven catches for 54 yards, and he's a top seven running back. Um, Where's where's Devontae Freeman in PPR? I don't know. And David Johnson, too. Devontae Freeman with 17 points in PPR. He's probably top 12. Who was the other one? David Johnson? David Johnson also 8. Oh, he's probably top 7 or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he had 8 catches. By the way, way, as good as Leonard Fournette was, Pete Prisco was actually right. They did give Reichwell Armstead more work, and he scored a touchdown. Yeah, caught one. Yeah, yeah, he, he got more work. Like You can't handle much more than 31 touches. In uh, the high altitude in Fournette. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Fournette. but they, they, they just wanted to get him going. You know, I was sitting there watching the games with Pete, and he was like, 
you know, this is clearly the best Fournette has ever played. But, you know, they, they wanted to get the, the young guy going. Amazing. Fournette still has not scored a touchdown. Right. It's crazy. Well, what do you think about Eckler? I mean, 18 catches, 60 yards and a touchdown, and five for 62 and a touchdown. What happens next week in Denver? He's a top 24 back. Melvin Gordon's a borderline top 24 back. They're, they're both good. Denver's whoa, whoa, defense whoa, is whoa, whoa. You're going to be ranking them similarly? Yeah. I, I, I think it'll be a 50-50 split next week. I'm going to guess five for 62 is what you should hope for in the passing game. And then... Seven to eight carries in the rushing game. He's on pace for 95 catches. And I said the stat last week, and I think it was he had 15 or 16 catches when Melvin Gordon played last year. This is Eckler we're talking about. That's excluding the Arizona game in which Eckler had 10 catches. Gordon left with an injury. He was not a pass catcher. He was not a PPR specialist or anything like that. Do you think he will be this year? If you say that Hunter Henry is still out and Mike Williams is still out and Travis Benjamin is still out, I can't imagine a scenario where he's not catching. But, he, but they won't even, be. I even mean, they though Trill Inman got hurt. Yeah, but, but, but like they won't be. In Inman got hurt too. Seven or eight. You know, I mean, they're not out for the season. I mean, Austin if you Eckler could, is really, really good. He's going to get the ball. If you can flip Eckler to somebody who still thinks he's going to be great, then you do it. But I agree with Heath. I think he's still going to have... It's going to be a, a sliding scale. You know, I think it's going to be around 15 total touches to start at the high end and then start to, you know, settle in around 10 total touches. And it just will be a matter of how efficient and effective he is in those games. The other part of it is that Melvin Gordon has missed time each of the last three seasons. And last year, as we saw, four games. You know, so if that happens still with 13 games to go, if he misses four games again, you're going to start Austin Eckler in those games. All right, let's look at the top five wide receivers. Jamie, Chris Godwin won. This is a non-PPR, by the way. Godwin, A.J. Brown, Kenny Galladay. We have a, we have a four-way tie for third. Galladay, Sutton, Cup, and Devontae Adams. We've talked about most of these guys. Anything you want to say? Godwin, A.J. Brown, Galladay, Sutton, Cup, Adams. I, just, I, I wasn't doing a phone interview when my other child, Chris Godwin, was performing at a high <laughs> level, so that was fun. Oh, man. Jamie was on the phone coaching first base uh, for his son's home run on the phone doing a radio interview on WFAN. I've seen the video. That's it's awesome. amazing. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, tight ends. Top five tight ends, Heath. Ricky Seals-Jones, baby. Three for 82 and a touchdown. Uh, Austin Hooper. He's okay. Wow. Nine for 130 against Tennessee. He's a they're, they're terrible against tight ends. Jimmy Graham. Will Disley. Yep, Arizona's even worse against tight ends. And Jerry really Everett. disappointing effort. Really disappointing effort from Will Disley. Like <laughs> everybody else that plays the Cardinals is the number one tight end. Well, he's number My, uh, four in non PPR. Sorry, he. I think he's number two in PPR. Behind Hooper. Behind um, Hooper. My my bold prediction on uh, on fantasy football today Sunday morning was that he would score three touchdowns. Uh, I I feel disappointed. And then I think Seals Jones is worth a mention here. Okay, so he's number no, he's one. Not. Well, what if if Landry's out? Who are they throwing to? I'm glad you well, mentioned it because I didn't even notice. Isn't <laughs> uh, isn't Callaway suspension over, or was it six games? I don't. I I don't I think know. It was four. I think it was four as well. Yeah, so he'll be back, and then Higgins will see if he's able to play. Okay. Well, you know what? But yeah, you're right. I mean, he, I'm, I'm not. Worth, I, don't, I don't wanna. He's worth just, mentioning. There's only three targets. Just to say that, then, you know, he's just get it out of the way. Ricky Seals-Jones, he's Cleveland's tight end. 
Um, Austin Hooper, sell high or no thanks, guy? No thanks, guy. No thanks, guy. Keep Hooper. Mike, the Mike Malarkey magic. He is the tight ends coach for the Falcons, and he has a pretty good track record with tight ends. Done a good job. Uh, so, also, Austin Hooper was very good last year. Not this good. <laughs> not even close, man. Uh, you know, he was, a top, he was a top eight tight end. Not even close to as good as he was this year. I need you to say, I need you to acknowledge that right now that he's been much better this year than he was last year. <laughs> I think he's been very, very close. He had some awesome games last year. No, he. And I need you to acknowledge. I need. I need Heath to be honest. I need Heath to be honest. I'm going. I'm going to punch you in the face. Yeah, like that's not a threat at all. Okay, here's what everyone (laughs) would just giggle if you did that to someone. Um, No one's afraid of you punching anyone. True. I'm afraid of hurting my hand. So here's what you should do, Heath. Look up. Just multiply his production by four. I'm. I'm honestly curious. Multiply his production by four. He's played four games, and tell me how it compares to last year. Meantime. I'm going to tell you about ZipRecruiter because hiring can be a slow process. But Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants, so he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. And he also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. That's amazing. So see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Heath, come on now. What do you got? Yeah, his best four-game stretch last year was 25. That is so not what I asked. 280 yards and two touchdowns. So it's relatively like... He's been a little bit better than his best four-game stretch last year. Okay, so how much better has he been? You didn't. He's do not any- going to be this. Like no one's saying, no one's doing on pace stats after the guy has nine for one thirty. That's ridiculous. What were his numbers last year? Do you have? Can his- we move on to the believe it? No, or not, I want to know if you. I, I want to know and if I you had think him he- ready at eight oh five. Come on, we're running out of time. Can we move on? Chargers thirty, Dolphins Ted go. Oh, we're starting with that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenyon Drake matters matters again. Jamie, what do you think? I don't believe it just because they have a bye week. He's going to be dropped in a lot of leagues if you need to make a pickup for week five. <sighs> I, oh, heat sigh. I, I believe, I mean, if you're desperate, yeah, I believe it. He's better than like taking a dart throw on Alexander Madison most weeks, I would think. If if you have Jordan Wilkins available on waivers, I'd rather pick up Jordan Wilkins with the chance that Marlon Mack is out. Yeah. I Kenyon Drake is going to be one of those guys that is going to uh, Jamie's right. He's going to get dropped by people making waivers claims on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. And if you don't get someone, he's going to be one of the guys that I pick up on Thursday or Friday. Like I think he's better in PPR than non PPR. I don't know how many touchdowns he's gonna score. He may not score at all. Like this, this is this is a good game for him in non PPR. Six points. 
what we see. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly PPR that well, I'm interested. Yeah, it, w- it was 10 in PPR, right? It was. But that's kind of like where he's maxed out right now. It was technically nine if you don't play decimal scoring. No, we're not doing that. Everyone should be playing decimal scoring. <laughs> we're not going to say that we're not playing decimal scoring. It's it's just bad. I didn't say that. I said it's technically. Okay. He has no, three it's not cat- technically nine. It's 10.3. It's definitely. Okay. So uh, so fair enough for, for Drake. And uh, Philip Rivers is averaging over 300 yards per game. So, he, you know, very good so far with a banged up receiving core. Philip Rivers or Brady, rest of season. Rivers. Brady. Okay. Yeah. I think Brady probably, yeah. Okay. Kansas City 34, Detroit 30. Demarcus Robinson and Mecole Hardman are just boom or bust flexes. Believe it. Oh, you do like say say something bold. Say Demarcus Robinson and Mecole Hardman are droppable. Say that. Do it again. No, it's believe do you believe it or not? Yeah, of course I believe it. Okay. That's that's the only question. But are they droppable? What am I gonna do with that? With with that? That's not actionable. You you're only drop them, them this week. You, no, you don't. You don't drop them in, unless you're in a ten-team league and you really need to go pick somebody up, like a running back. But they are just guys that you keep on your bench and you start if you're weak at flex or third wide receiver. But they're not must-start options. Well, there you go. Uh, Thank you. What What about Sammy Watkins? Because I'd like to believe that he's still good, but I can't. I you know. I'm just going to start Sammy Watkins again, and I'm I'm not even going to think about it. This was just as ugly as it can get for him. He had a touchdown in his hands, punched out, and then had a fumble after the ball was in his hands and got punched out. Yep. It was a terrible game. So what happened to LaShawn McCoy? Why wasn't he in at the end? It was all Daryl Williams at the end. I was looking for an injury, and I did not see anything. I think he's just old, and he got tired. <laughs> or maybe they, they were like, hey, if you run with the ball in your, in your hand like that, just inviting somebody else to grab it. He's done that his entire I know, career. but like, come How on. Cool. How cool was that it play? Was, it was the coolest play of the year. Like it was Without having seen the last 12 weeks, it's the coolest play of the year. It was awesome. Okay, next game. Uh, New England 16, Buffalo 10. We need to take Frank Gore seriously as a starting running back. Believe it. I do not believe it. You don't believe it, Jamie. Devin Singletary will come back. Frank Gore is Frank Gore. He hasn't been good in a while. Come on now. Okay. No. There's now three let's, games let's, in a row where he's been a good fantasy option. And so when you're looking at what the running back landscape is, for a team that has a good offensive line and a good defense, so the I don't think we're going to get in many games where Buffalo is chasing a lot of points. Um, I think he's still going to lead them in carries as long as he's healthy. It's like we, we keep ignoring the obvious. I, I agree with you, Adam. Devin Singletary is better, but I don't know if there's ever going to be a situation where he leads them in carries for more than a two-game stretch at most, and that's even probably a, a stretch if Gore is healthy. We kept saying this last year about the Miami situation and he ended up leading them in carries. And so as long as he's healthy and given what this team looks like with their backfield, I don't think Devin Singletary is going to all of a sudden become a 17 carry guy. Like we saw from Gord today, the last three weeks, his touches 21, 16 and 17. The 21 was the only game that Singletary played his yards, 89 and 109. He's yeah. their starting running back. Devin Singletary will probably take eight to ten touches away, maybe kind of like we saw 
with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler last year. But until Frank Gore gets hurt or isn't producing good enough numbers, I expect him to be the starting running back. Okay. Believe it or not, uh, John Brown in a non-PPR or half-PPR league is droppable. No. Nope. Okay. Heath, let's uh, actually. I want to stay on this game. I just want to know what you guys think about the Patriots running back. Sony Michelle, seventeen carries for sixty-three yards. He's averaging two point eight yards per carry through four games. James White had only one carry, but he had eight catches for fifty-seven yards. He led the team in receiving. Rex Burkhead had one touch, came into this game banged up, and Brandon Bolden had a four-yard touchdown run, which was annoying for all the Michelle owners. I actually think White was in the game on that play, but I'm not sure. I don't know if you guys know, but overall, no. your thoughts on the Patriots running backs? You can't feel comfortable about Rex Burkhead right now with any any semblance of confidence. Uh, I'm sure the injury is a, is a factor here. There was the report from ESPN Boston, Mike Reese, who said that this could be a game where they're going to feature Sony Michelle, which was surprising that it actually happened. And he nearly punched one in um, in the second half. So, you know, if, if I'm the Sony Michelle owner, as ugly as this was, I come out of this a little bit encouraged that they still stuck with him. Anything I say about the Patriots running backs is only going to make me feel more stupid. <laughs> Believe it. Okay, Oakland 31. But Indian- James White's still the best one in PPR. <laughs> Indianapolis 24. Uh, what do you got on this one, Heath? Jacoby Brissett's just a top 12 quarterback, and we need to treat him like it. I, am I supposed to change wow. I'm always going to you first, Jamie. I'm deferring. Oh, I, I I don't believe it as a top 12 guy, but I think he's in that streaming conversation week to week. So, you know, this was uh, this was positive. Without T.Y. Hilton in there, they was able to come away with three touchdowns and 27 fantasy points. I just don't know how sustainable it will be because I think if they're in a positive game script for them, then he's not going to be throwing this much. And so you're relying on the touchdowns. If they're in a negative game script, can this continue against a quality opponent? So... Going into Arrowhead, as we saw with Lamar Jackson two weeks ago, I think it's going to be a rough matchup for for Brissett to have success. Yeah, I'm probably going to rank him as a starter this week, especially if Hilton's there, I am for sure. I do think the thing that he has working in his favor is the Colts are kind of going the way of the Falcons last year with these injuries to their defense. And the other thing that really works well for Brissett, and this is something the Colts did last year, when they get in the red zone, they just throw the ball. And they had a very high pass-to-run touchdown ratio last year. I did not expect that to carry over to 2019 with Brissett as the quarterback instead of Andrew Luck, but it absolutely has. What do you think about Tyrell Williams? Three straight games with less than 50 yards, but he has scored in every game. Um, He's been lucky. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'd I sell, get that. I'd sell high. Sell high. Would yep. you would you rather have Tyrell Williams or an injured Jarvis Landry? Tyrell. Tyrell. Would you rather have Tyrell or a healthy Jarvis Landry? Tyrell. Tyrell. Okay. Would you rather have Tyrell Williams or Austin Eckler? Eckler. Uh, Eckler. Okay. And uh, Ebron and Doyle both scored. This was one of those games where I saw the final stats for Brissett, and I was like, what? Really? You know, it just didn't seem like it was shaping up to be that kind of game. It was garbage time. Yeah. Uh, I think we're done there. Tennessee 24, Atlanta 10, Heath. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, they're both worth rostering. Don't believe it. (laughs) No, I don't believe that. Do you believe that, Heath? 
I don't think I do believe it. Like, listen, AJ Brown is not getting enough targets to where you would really think he would be this good, but it's now two out of four games where he's been an absolute monster. Corey Davis, I never really wanted to give up on and hilariously started in two leagues because I was weak at receiver this week and it worked out. Um, it, the Mariota thing's interesting because coming into this week, I felt like his numbers on an efficiency basis were much better than the way that we were talking about him. He'd just been sacked so much that the offense hadn't been very good. So I, I guess they're going to be matchup dependent starters is the way I would look at them. I don't know what would have happened if Mario had struggled today, though. Like, would they have actually mentioned him? You know, I, when, I, when I think at all of all the A.J. Brown touchdowns and the Corey Davis touchdown today, the one thing that stands out is like, gosh, that is some terrible tackling. <laughs> I just feel like... <laughs> I, I I guess I can't remember vividly the week one stuff, but in this game, I, and, and I think in week one, I felt this way too. I just felt like Mariota was gifted so many yards and A.J. Brown at that as well. Um, not every time. So I'm sure I'm remembering it a little bit wrong, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like he's going out there and tearing it up. The Falcons were awful. And their tackling was pathetic in this game. Uh, so, I you know, nobody's going to buy into them as must-start guys yet, but Davis is 36% owned. So how how much of a priority is he going to be for you? And again, they have Buffalo next week. Very low. Yep. Okay, who would you rather have rest of season, Derrick Henry or Devontae Freeman? Henry. Yeah, Henry. I mean, you know, he he grinded his way to the 100 yards today, and a lot of that came in the second half when they were playing with the lead because in the first half he wasn't very good. But, you know, it's kind of format-specific because it's closer in PPR. I mean, Freeman the last two weeks is starting to show you something in the passing game, which is nice, and this defense is back to being atrocious again. Okay, then. Moving on, next game. Hmm, let's see what we got here. Giants, oh, Giants-Redskins, Heath, believe it or not. You can't trust anyone that plays for the Washington football team. <laughs> Wayne oh. Haskins mm. was absolutely awful. It was a mistake to bench Case Keenum. I understand Jay Gruden was trying to save his job. I assume that he didn't save his job, and that's going to um, end sometime this week. I'm sorry, are you going to let us answer this, or are you just going to take it yourself? I would like to talk a little bit more sometimes, Adam. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Continue. You can't trust anyone in Washington. You believe that? Me? Yeah. Yeah, this week I do. You cannot start any Washington well, players. This week against the Patriots, yeah, but uh, what about going forward? Well, hopefully after this week they'll make Case Keenum or Colt McCoy the quarterback because Dwayne Haskins is not ready to play in the NFL. You're, you're uh, tiptoeing around the question here. Jamie, believe it or not, you can't trust anyone in the Redskins rest of season. I don't believe it because Chris Thompson's still very good at what he does. So I don't think that's going to be the case in most PPR leagues. You'll still probably start him, maybe not next week, but the majority of the way moving forward. And they play Miami in two weeks. I mean, I don't care who the quarterback is. You make it through streaming that guy, even if it's asking. What hopefully about? McC oh, yeah, what about McLaurin? Hopefully McLaurin's back. Yeah, How do you feel about back, him? Be, I, I'm still going to buy into him. And the hope would be is that the Ohio State connection between Haskins and McLaurin pays off. All right. Uh, anything on the Giants? How do you feel about uh, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram going forward as the schedule gets a little tougher? It, is, is there a problem with Evan Ingram so far this season when one of Shepard or Barkley is not there? No. Last 
Wait, what's your question? No. He had a game without Shepard in week two and was terrible, right? Yeah, but he play- basically played all game week three without Barkley, and he was great. Week two was against the Bills. Week two was against the Bills. He, yeah, he was not great. He was he was six he was catches for forty eight yards, and no, today he was he was my biggest disappointment today. That's fair. I I don't imagine it's Barkley related or Shepard related. Did you see Odell Beckham play? But I didn't have any Beckham. We are getting Golden Tate back, so will that decrease the value of Evan Ingram significantly? That might help. They have to cover someone else. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, sure, it'll decrease a little bit just because, you know, the target share goes down uh, a, a notch. But, you know, they're playing such tough matchups that, it, you know, it's going to be hard to trust them anyway. It's going to be hard to trust Evan Ingram? D- Daniel you're Jones. Still, is... You're still starting him, but, right. you know, you're not playing him in daily. And, you know, at this point, I think if you picked up Will Disley or you have Mark Andrews, you know, they may be better options in the next two weeks against the Vikings and the Patriots. I, I'm curious. Because we can get an over-under. Because Daniel Jones is 92% owned, if I'm reading this correctly, mm-hmm. right now. They play the Vikings and at New England over the next two weeks. Two weeks from now, when we're doing this show, are we going to be able to talk about Daniel Jones as a waiver-wire ad against Arizona? Will his ownership have dropped far enough for that? I think that's probably not the case, just because most likely you don't get that much of a drop unless there's like significant injuries and Mitchell Trubisky and um, what was the other quarterback injury today? Trubisky and uh, Trubisky, Josh Allen and uh, uh, Josh Allen yeah, wasn't so, injured, but yeah. Um, and then the dolphins and, and Stafford are on a bye next week. So I don't know how many people are, you know, having to drop those guys, you know, make a decision for, for that. Uh, so he'll probably go down into the maybe seventies from an ownership standpoint. All right, Heath, we got six games, 10 minutes. Cleveland, 40, Baltimore, 25. The Ravens' defense is actually bad. Believe it. 100% believe it. I believed it before the season. They're, I believe it for their pass defense, yeah, for sure. And, and well, the run Brandon defense Williams. was the problem in this game. In this not game. Brandon Williams hurt. So Baker Mayfield, guys, has thrown for 285, 325, 195, and 342 yards. Do you feel good about Baker Mayfield going forward? He's only started in 20% of leagues, which is fine. Makes sense. But do you feel good about him going forward? Not good, let me ask no. you. Let, let's turn around because you said on the radio show last night that you thought this would be his breakout game, and it looked like it was happening. You know, the, the interception was ugly. Um, and, you know, clearly not getting Beckham production wasn't good because had he gotten Beckham a few more catches, that probably would have changed some of his fantasy fortunes. Um you can't feel good about him if he doesn't have both Landry and Beckham out there. So if Landry's hurt and with Njoku out, you know, that, yeah. there's only so much Beckham could do. I agree. He's basically Eli Manning again. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm pretty happy with the way Maker, Baker Mayfield played. It's just a shame he didn't get that second touchdown. But 342 yards yeah, this, on 30 passes, that's pretty good. This is, uh, it, it's funny because like Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield had completely opposite games. Yes. <laughs> and Goff was the better fantasy quarterback. You know, this is where fantasy and reality split. Thoughts on Marquise Brown, Heath. Uh, 60% started. This is two bad games in a row. Still gets targets, but production's been waning. I am also brothers with you this week because we both started Marquise Brown over Chris Godwin in the league. No, no, I started him over Mike Evans. Okay, I started him over Chris Godwin. <laughs> um, this was disappointing. I... I don't know what to make of it. It wasn't a great matchup. 
the connection with Jackson hasn't been quite as good as I was hoping for. It was disappointing to see Jackson throw three touchdowns and none of them go to Brown. I think he is kind of in that mold of a very, very high-end number three wide receiver that you might view as a low-end number two, but he's certainly not a must-start. Jackson missed him in the back of the end zone on, on what should have been a touchdown. I Yeah, he missed him, but I thought Brown should have caught that or could have caught that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. However, however you, they didn't connect on a touchdown. I just want to say I thought it was a great matchup because Greedy Williams and Ward were both out again. So that's why I was excited about him. I had him in all my FanDuel lineups. Carolina 16 and Houston 10, Heath. You can't really trust the Panthers wide receivers unless they have a great matchup with Kyle Allen. Believe it. Next week's going to be interesting because as we saw today, if Jalen Ramsey doesn't play, that secondary is not good for Jacksonville. Uh, believe like it they, or not, believe it or not, Greg Olson owners are going to be very mad that they didn't sell high on him before this game. Believe it. Uh, but, I mean, you, you could put the Panthers, all the Panthers pass catchers in that, not name McCaffrey. He had 37 touches today. Yeah, wow. And finally, Heath, believe it or not, Will Fuller's droppable. Uh, <laughs> oh, clip that one. No. I don't believe it. They're playing the Falcons next week. They get the Chiefs after that. I'm not going to drop him. I'm not going to feel great about starting him either, but I'd like to have him on my bench when he scores his two touchdowns. <laughs> All right. Tampa Bay <laughs> at the Rams, Heath. Ronald Jones is a must-start running back moving forward. Don't believe it. Me either. But I want him on my team. Ditto. I I kind of think that he might like I'm not I'm probably not going to rank him as a top 20 guy next week most likely but I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the top 24 and I also wouldn't be surprised if he performs like it like it kind of looks like that little glitch that we saw was just Ronald Ronald Jones pulling up lame during week two and if it wasn't for that we might already view him as the starter in Tampa and a top 20 running back moving forward he looked really really good in this game it is a brutal matchup though against the Saints they're doing a good job so far tonight bottling up Ezekiel Elliott, and you know their run defense has just been fantastic. Well, now I don't have to watch the game. Great. So Todd Gurley has averaged 6.9. You miss a big fumble from Jason Witten. Hey, three. he's used to fumbling in primetime. Hey, uh, 6.9, 3.9, 3.1, and 3.2 yards per carry. That's Todd Gurley in four games. Scored twice, caught seven passes. That was wonderful, but he's not. Todd Gurley, just, nope. I'm sorry, right? I mean, what, what's there to say at this point? I'm going to keep starting him, but man, I don't know. It, there, I'd like to see, yeah, I'd like to see this usage in the passing game continue, but, you know, get him back up to, you know, at least 15 carries. Yeah, he didn't have a carry until the second quarter, I don't think. And No, but they were they trailing. Were I mean, Jared, 21 nothing. Jared Goff, the two interceptions earlier did not help. Okay, Seattle 27, Arizona 10. Cliff Kingsbury's offensive system sucks in the NFL. <laughs> I believe it. I gotta have to They're going to get that kid I, murdered. I was watching them, today and I was pretty excited about Kyler Murray. And I've been pretty impressed by a lot of the things that I've seen him do athletically and throwing the football. And they've got Larry Fitzgerald, and they've got Christian Kirk, and they've got David Johnson. Like, this is on Cliff Kingsbury. Things should be working better than this. Kirk, Kirk got hurt late in that game, too. Hopefully he's okay. Yep. 
also we're five we're four games into Kyler Murray's career, so maybe we're judging it a little bit too harshly, but that's kind of how we He's have been to approach sacked it. Twenty times. Well, they run a lot I, of plays. I'm not, I'm not saying that Kyler Murray is bad. I want to clarify. I think Kyler Murray is good. I don't this think he's played that line, well. This, this offensive line is not good. He has not played that well at all. Um, you know, he's been put in some you know tough situations because of that line, because of the defense being so bad. It's going to be a real interesting week for Week Five because playing against the Bengals, that should be a game where they have some success. You're talking about a Bengals team again on a short week. I know they have to go into Cincinnati, so West Coast to the you know you want to call it the East Coast, but still early start for them. It's uh, it's it's going to be real telling that if Kyler Murray does not have a big game there, you're going to see him probably dropped in some leagues too. His next three games are at Cincinnati, Atlanta, and at the Giants. That's wonderful. Okay, Chicago 16, Minnesota 6. Uh, first off, buy low on Kyler Murray. Second off, Dalvin Cook is the only Viking worth starting. Believe it. Do not believe it. I still think people are going to start Thielen fairly regularly going forward. But that's not what he said. Well, I think they should. I just think you lower your expectations big time. And this is what I said about about the Diggs-Thielen thing, because I didn't even have Diggs ranked this week, which looks dumb. But turns out I shouldn't have had Thielen ranked. I don't think that there's a very good case that you're going to get games where both of these guys are good. I don't believe you're ever going to know which of these guys is going to be good. And like next week, they play the Giants. This might be another one of those games where they throw 12 passes. Or it could be the Trubisky versus Washington game where they get him going. They can do whatever they want against the Giants. So, yeah, I just, like, if I own Adam Thielen, I'm not sitting him. I'm just not. And I think Thielen's better than Diggs. That's what it comes down to for me. So I agree with you that, you know, it's it's annoying. But I think Thielen's the better player, and I am not going to sit him. Not yet. If we, a couple more, then yeah, I'm not believing it just yet. Um, believe it or not, David Montgomery is a great buy low. Believe it. Good buy low. Okay. All right. One more game. Jacksonville, Denver. 20, 26 24 Jags. Huge win. I'm glad this one was last because this is my favorite one. Gardner Minshew is the best rookie quarterback. Are you saying for fantasy purposes or just he's the yes. best rookie quarterback? Well, I mean, so far he's been just the best rookie quarterback, but I'll say for fantasy purposes, rest of the season. Yeah. Jamie, what do you think? Uh, don't believe it. Who would you take? Daniel Jones. I think I'd take, I'd take Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. I'd take Kyler. And Kyler Murray. i take both of them. Uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. I'd take Kyler over Minshew. And I'm not sure about Jones, but probably. Like, there is quite a difference between the matchups that Minshew... And Jones faced this week. I'm just going to tell you because I know you think Jones was terrible, and he really wasn't. The interceptions were bad, and that's a problem. But he played well other than that. And they just didn't didn't have that second touchdown. They had a pick six. He, they didn't have to throw. He played fine other than that. He played well. He, he had a, yeah, he, he was fine to well. He wasn't that bad. He just, he had those two interceptions. That sucks. And that's a strike against the, him, no question. But he wasn't a total right, stink. Problem. No, I, I'm not trying to say he was a total stink, but just fine or slightly average against Washington and two interceptions is bad. It was disappointing. No question. All right. So Minshew was fantastic. Put, put your money where your mouth is. Rest of season, Minshew or Daniel Jones. 
we have already made this wager last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gardner Minshew versus Daniel Jones for a must. Crap. Oh, boy. Wow. I was really so relying it's, it's on week rest four. of season. No, it's, it's per no, start. It's for the season, total season. No, but it's it's per start because for your sake, because of the Nick Foles return, right? Oh, so you gave Heath an out, so you're going to lose them. Heath gave himself an out. I'm just reminding you. I think you said it's per start. It was per start, yeah. Yeah, per start, per start. No, yeah, I was I, really, I see, but I was really relying on on week four to to <laughs> to boost my <laughs> chances of not growing a mid shoe stash for sure. Woo. Okay, fine. There's Last... no way you can. You don't have enough facial hair there. I don't know. You have Wolverine. You have Wolverine facial hair. I don't know what it would be like. I don't know. Okay, last one. Ending the show. I can't wait to find out. Believe it or not, you can't trust Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman. Uh, don't believe it. Don't believe it against the right matchup. You definitely can't. They had the ball for twenty minutes and forty-eight seconds. Not good enough. That's it for the show, Joe Flacco, everybody. Joe Flacco played really well in this game. For 20 minutes and 48 seconds, yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? What, what's that? <laughs> Just say he, it. Uh, he had a Flacco go by. <laughs> Mick loving that outro, Jamie. That's Jamie and Heath. I'm Adam. You can, you can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Jamie leaving early. Such disrespect. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday with some injury news and some stats to know, and then Tuesday with the waiver wire. See you later. Thanks for listening. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.